When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. This is the Hockey Podcast Network, your home for hockey talk on every team in the NHL. This is the Broadway Boys Podcast through the Hockey Podcast Network, and we are back with Season 5, Episode 37, as the All-Star break has come to an end, and we are now approaching mid-February. The trade deadline is looming, big trades around the league already, and the New York Rangers find themselves in a, a unique spot in terms of uh, trade rumors and just positioning in the standings and players like Kako and Lindgren and you don't know who's on their way out so for a team that sits on top of the standings Andy before I ask you how you doing I don't feel like we're sitting on top of the standings I almost feel like we're a cusp team and we're trying to figure out how how far in we want to go in this trade deadline so uh, I guess I have to ask you first though how are you doing my friend I'm doing good I'm uh happy that enough time has gone. I was so we had spoken about how just sick of the Rangers we were. And that was a much needed break from New York Rangers hockey, especially they needed a hard reset. I think their fans needed a hard reset. Uh, obviously, Chris Drury needed some time to assess what's going on out there and, and make some determinations about this group. So you have to imagine there's been a lot of that for him this week, seeing what's out there, probably taking a hard look at its roster and, you know, just tr- kind of assessing where they're at, what they need, uh, what type of assets to go after or pieces. And so, yeah, that week has come and gone. And um, the Rangers are back at it tomorrow night at the Garden versus uh, the Avalanche, correct? So, yeah. Um, uh, yeah. And obviously two of our play, well, I guess two of our players and the coach got to take a little jaunt to uh, Toronto for the all-star game. And it, it seemed to go well for them, both Trocek and Shesterkin were on the winning team and Shesterkin particularly had some, even though it's all just kind of a low stakes thing, there seemed to be some competitive fire to this one this year. I think the NHL actually kind of got it right as, as far as the games go and the you know, the shootout competition and all those sorts of things. And uh, Shesterkin was huge and had some good, a good performances that helped kind of propel his team to get the W. So hopefully he can bottle some of that confidence going forward, you know, because I'm sure depending on how the season's gone so far and him going there, it definitely had to be a little bit of imposter syndrome going on compared to his uh, previous, you know, 
performance. But you know, he had a good he had a good performance, and it, there seemed to be a little bit of a competitive uh, uh, little competitive fires going in this year's All Star game. So the NHL, whatever they did, it, it it worked to some extent. So so yeah, so where it's almost like like I said, hard reset. Starting tomorrow, it's the second leg of the year, and you'll have to see if that time off has had any effect on this team. Yeah, and in terms of the All-Star game, I guess, you know, when you remove Vegas and South Beach from the equation and it's just cold Toronto, the players don't mind being on the ice as much. So, yeah, it, it I guess it was successful. I, I didn't really get to watch much. Uh the the only comment I'll make is that the jersey seemed a little bit better uh, when players are wearing them, which seems to be the case a lot of the times. But uh, yeah, other than that, you know, All Star Game was the All Star Game. It's pretty irrelevant. I mean, obviously the Buble thing is pretty funny. Uh, the Kucherov thing. Um, I know some people just can't stand the guy. Uh, you know, well, it is what it is. Like it's the All Star Game. Let's if. You know, it's already been a mockery the past few years. So, you know, if, if guys want to act like buffoons, whatever. Anyway, uh, yeah, but back to reality, Andy, uh, picking up against a team of the Colorado Avalanche who, you know, just keep plugging along and, you know, they're they're an unsexy pick to come out of the West. But I think, you know, they're certainly a team that has good odds to do so. Uh, and that is going to be a huge test for the New York Rangers. I mean, if they come you know, out of the gate here, fired up and and get a win against the Colorado Avalanche. I think that will put a lot of the, you know, the nerves, you know, that'll calm the nerves a little bit and make people, you know, re-believe in this hockey team. Um, Because other than that, you know, the Rangers, it's not about, you know, climbing the standings and and getting right. It's, 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 you know, instill that belief that you had, you know, just two months ago. You know, where, where is that? Where's that fire? Where's that, you know, energy? Where's that urgency? And, you know, the New York Rangers are going to have to earn that back, you know, especially within the fan base and, and themselves, you know, I feel like, you know, they're kind of woe is me and, and down on themselves and, you know, fall quickly in hockey games and, and don't have the, the will or energy to crawl back. So, uh, you know, if the Rangers here, Andy, get blown out of the water against the Colorado team, which can happen. I mean, they're that good. Um, are you gonna, are you gonna go right back to square one where you were, you know, before the all-star break? Um, no, because I think any team in the national hockey league can, especially, it's a team that has Nathan McKinnon on. who's one of the best players in the league this year. He's been on fire. Yeah. And listen, Georgiev has been inconsistent this year, but he always seems to have a chip on his shoulder when he plays the Rangers. You know what I mean? So it depends. Uh, on who, who knows who is going to get the start. They might give quick the start if Igor's traveling from the all-star game. You know what I mean? So it's, it's more about the trend. I see, you know what I mean? If the, you know, if you drop your first game, I, you know, I, I think if they, if they show nothing, then yeah, I'll be concerned. But if it's kind of a, just a competitive game that then they kind of get edged out by the avalanche. No, I don't think I'll, I'll freak out. You know what I mean? But um, you just have to, I think you at least want to see a little bit more. I think for me, what I'm looking for is structure. Cause I look at this group and it's not a surprise to me that they're having trouble struggling, you know, struggling to score goals five on five based on the talent they have in their lineup or at least their forward core. You know what I mean? So 
if it's like, okay, yeah, the Panarin line scores one, Mika or Kreider gets one on the power play, and they lose the game four to two, one of which being an empty net, I'm not surprised with that that outcome. You know what I mean? And you have right. to you have to imagine Chris Drury is trying to figure that element, the scoring element five on five out for the trade deadline. So that doesn't that would not concern me. That was just like, okay, I knew this. This is not new information. Obviously, bad goaltending, uh, stupid breakdowns. And I think that's the I think what's been more frustrating is that for years we've seen the Rangers be their goaltender be under barrage and have to save their bacon. And this hasn't really been that for the most part. It's just that they their overall number of chances against the Rangers, I think, are down. But they just give up these huge ones that they wouldn't give up before. Like they would be basically hemmed in in their own zone not able to clear the puck, but they'd be trying to defend their damnedest. They just couldn't, you know, but at the same, it would, they try to force things to the outside and Hank or Igor, whoever would have to make a bunch of saves. But this one, it's like, it's really, like you said, it's not a, it's not the amount. It's just how loud the ones they do give up are and just where they do it. Just turn over. Literally everyone's flying the zone. Uh, what should be an easy dump is picked off because they don't get enough, get enough on the air, you know, air on the puck or whatever, or just make us ill-advised, try to behind the back pass or just dumb things like that. You know what I mean? So I think that'll be more concerning, but it, it's losing, you know, it'll be more how they lose than if they lose, if that makes any sense. Yeah. It, you know, they're starting to, you know, they're starting back at home, which I think is all good for them. Uh, yeah, I, I see what you're saying. But, you know, for me, I think it's important for them just to to get a win, put themselves at ease, put the fan base at ease. And, you know, getting a win against the Colorado team, you know, would be, you know, a huge boost of confidence to go into, you know, you know, the rest of the season. And it's 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 going to be tough, man. The New York Rangers are sitting now with 63 points, 49 games played. The Carolina Hurricanes are right at their heels with 48 games played and 61 points. So point percentage wise, they're right there neck and neck. And, um, you know, the Hurricanes don't seem to be, uh, you know, slowing down any bit. You know, I, I think you can make a case that, you know, the Philadelphia Flyers lost five in a row. Um, you know, that, you know, they're kind of slowed down a little bit. And then, you know, the rest of the teams that are in the Metro, you know, I don't really believe in them right now you know the islanders still suck they stink (laughs) pittsburgh sucks the devils every time you think that they're going to turn it around i mean you know they just need hughes back if they have it if they want a chance at the playoffs and washington's really just falling off the cliff so yeah it's just it's really a two-team race i have a question for you james sure is the metro based on what we've seen is the metro the worst uh conference in the or worst division in the league right now yeah, which is kind of or, or do you think it's more because obviously uh, you like the the West is pretty strong. The, the the six top teams in the West are all powerhouses, essentially. Vancouver, uh, yeah, Vancouver, Ottawa, or sorry, Ottawa, Jesus, <laughs> Vancouver, uh, um, the, Jesus Christ, the Edmonton Oilers. Sorry, it's a early, this is an early podcast for me and James. So I'm not as sharp as I usually am. But Vancouver, Vegas, the Oilers, the Avalanche, the Stars, and the Jets 
or they're they're honestly among the six best teams in the league probably. And when I look at the top teams in in uh, in the East between you know the the Maple Leafs, although they're in the wild wildcard spot right now, um, the Bruins and the Panthers and Tampa and the Rangers and Carolina. I'm not saying one of those teams can't go on a run because obviously one of them will make the Stanley Cup final, but they're nowhere near as good as their counterparts in the West. And at least, you know, you know, Panthers, they did it last year. They're in second place in the Atlantic. Uh, They could easily find themselves back there again. Tampa has been, they're so well coached that despite losing talent, I don't totally don't think they're going to make it to the cup final, but they're just still a solid team that are well coached. And obviously Boston, uh, same thing, but not really that afraid of them. I just don't think they're, you know, it's just no one in that is that good. But that being said, looking at at least, yeah, I think the Atlantic's better than the the Metro because the two two teams in the wild card right now are Atlantic teams. So, uh, the, yeah, it's it's been Atl- a while since the Metro was the shittiest division in the NHL, but here we are. Well, last year was borderline the best division it, in the NHL. I know. It's just wild how, you know. The swings. Yeah. And, and I think, I do think that as with the way the league is now, I think you're going to see these crazy swings from year to year more and more, if that makes any sense. Like, I think there'll be a lot of like teams that are in, then they're out and then they go far and then they might miss. Like it just kind of seems like the parody swings are a lot heavier. You know what I mean? Definitely. And, you know, I also think too, that, you know, a lot of these teams, if one or two injuries and all of a sudden the makeup of the team is just completely different. I mean, look at the Devils as they were last year. I mean, number one, huge coaching change. Number two, Jack Hughes has been hurt, you know, on and off all year long. Nico's been hurt. Uh, Timo Meyer has been hurt. It's like uh, Dougie Hamilton's hurt. It's just like the New Jersey Devils are just not the same team anymore. Um, Pittsburgh's another year older, Washington Capitals, you know, were one of the best teams in the league to start the season. And now they're one of the worst teams, uh, in the league, uh, you know, and and then the New York Islanders who, you know, you know, got in barely, you know, started the season off. It was really promising that they might make the playoffs again. And, you know, they just can't seem to get out of their own way. And just the, the age and the game's just, you know, too fast for them now. And they're just losing steam. Uh, you know, if it's not for the Flyers, you know, I, that bottom spot in the Metro is going to be pretty wild to see, you know, who, you know, takes that run because, you know, you would think that the Devils would figure it out and be a shoe in for that spot. But I don't know, man, they, they just they really stink this year. It's crazy. I mean, I'm enjoying it, but it really is something something to watch. Uh, but you're absolutely right. I mean, if you look at I mean, I think it's oh. I'd give I'd give the Central probably the best overall division. I mean, if you go just down the line, Colorado, Dallas, Winnipeg, St. Louis, and, and like now the middle bunch, I think is just more elite than any other division's middle bunch. With St. Louis, Nashville, Arizona, Minnesota, Chicago's really the only quote unquote weak team, uh, and then you know even the Pacific is is just. You know, except for maybe the Sharks and the Ducks, every other team, you know, you could see hypothetically making a run and making the playoffs. So, yeah, it, it, again, man, the New York Rangers and the Carolina Hurricanes are going to be neck and neck. And if the Rangers don't figure it out. It's going to be a one team race for the top spot. And like I said, man, 
there is a good chance that the second wild card spot or even the first even the first and second wild card spots finish with more points than the third place metro team so maybe the maybe the good path in the playoffs is to drop to the second seed in the metro and you play Definitely. the weakest team in the playoffs so it's not the worst thing in the world no absolutely i mean yeah i mean cuz as it stands today if the Rangers would play Detroit, which I think would be a good matchup for the Rangers. The Detroit doesn't really scare me that all that much. Uh, but Toronto would be a scary matchup for the Rangers. You know what I mean? They would definitely overwhelm you with skill. Um, but no, Rangers would end up playing right now. They'd play Toronto. Oh, I'm sorry. No, be, that's right. They'd play Toronto. Yeah. So bad matchup. We don't want that. <laughs> so you're right. If you drop down if and you'd end up playing the Flyers, if they hold that spot, you know, Tortorella's teams work hard, but I do think ultimately the lack of their, you know, the Rangers special teams edge would probably carry, could carry them through. You know what I mean? Yeah. It would definitely be a hard fought series. You know what I mean? Especially because you know how hard and balls to the wall that Flyers team is going to work. But, you know, so. Yeah, it's it'll be interesting. And now I guess the biggest question for the New York Rangers is Andy Lindholm was gone. Shawnee Monahan is gone. Who the hell's next that the Rangers are linked to? I know you got some inside scoop, something. Uh, well, I wish I did. You know, obviously we saw trade activity kind of kick off early this year with the Lindholm trade and then preceded by the uh, Monahan trade to uh, the Winnipeg Jets. And both teams gave up uh, quite a bit to land those two players. So, it's definitely a seller's market, which is why I think teams that are in the bubble, if they might be enticed to sell, if that makes any sense. So there might well, be more out there initially than you might have initially thought, because at first everyone's like, well, I re-, you know, it's like, well, we're only four or six, you know, we're six points out. We can ma- have a good run. We can make it. But then well, that's what like, I was going to ask. You. When is the trade deadline? This year, uh, I'm going to just use Google instead of I got uh, speculate. I, I assume know. it's. Yeah, it's Friday, March 8th is the trade deadline. OK, well, I would say if I'm Drury, I don't do anything until at least February like 25th. And that's only because like you want to weed as many teams out as possible. You know, during that span, you know, you got to hope that. Um, you know, a team like, I, I won't go to the East, let's just go to the West hypothetically, but a team like the Nashville Predator, Predators, you know, you know, lose for another four or five and, and, you know, put themselves in a bad position where they, you know, might consider being sellers, knowing that they're not, even if they made the playoffs, they're not going to do much. Um, you know, God knows what the Arizona Co- Coyotes and Seattle Kraken are going to look like. Calgary Flames have already, you know, made it known that they're going to be sellers. I don't know what other assets and what other contracts look on that team, but you know, Minnesota, um, you know, they might still think that they have a chance. I, I don't know. Like a lot of these teams I think need to be in a better position to be sellers. Even like a team like, well, St. Louis blues is currently in a, in a playoff spot, but if I'm them, I certainly, you know, try to trade some assets because these are teams that are clearly not going to win a Stanley cup. They're not ready to win a Stanley cup. And, you know, you might as well trade any, you know, assets that you have at the deadline, because if it is a seller's market, you're crazy not to jump in. And, 
and, you know, gain some valuable assets back. So, yeah, you know, I, again, I, I don't know what the rain, like, this is all just me, my hunch saying, mm-hmm. you know, the New York Rangers probably have the best relationship realistically with the San Jose Sharks right now. Yeah. That's probably the number one team. I think that the, that the New York Rangers are going to have a big time trade with. And I think that's where you're going to get most of their assets. Um, but any other team, man, I, I, I just don't know. Like maybe Anaheim, you know, yeah. are, are, would they target an Adam, Adam, Adam Henrique or? Yeah. I mean, I, I think Henrique is right now a pretty, is he the next big ticket you think? Um, it feels that way, I guess. Right. I mean, at least as far as, uh, middle six scoring goes, you like, know what you I mean? Know, He's you know got experience. Me? Yeah. I'm sorry. I'm sorry to cut you off, but like, I, is it me or is there just no buzz that the Ottawa centers are looking to sell their assets? Like a guy like Tarasenko, like no one's talking about where Tarasenko I think it's assumed, but yeah, at the same time, it's like he hasn't exactly the season. It, although I wouldn't say it's been a disaster for Tarasenko. It hasn't been very, it's been pretty underwhelming. Well, obviously no, a guy on team. one year. That, no, I know that team is underwhelmed, but yeah, no, I mean, you have, you know, he's getting moved. So, but maybe, I don't know. He's a big family guy too, which is what I wonder about if he's like, no, no, no. I know this team's going to pop. So I mean, yeah. but that, that being said, he's only a one year, so he can come back and just stay in a hotel and say, Hey, I'm going to go try to get a cup real quick and stay in a, live in a hotel for a few months. And then, you know, but, but no, I mean, what, you know, I think the names you hear out there, obviously we spoke about, um, on the last podcast, how, the flyer sent that letter out basically saying, even though they are in a playoff spot, that it's not going to change their approach to the trade deadline. Like they, they had a plan coming to the season. They're, they're pleasantly surprised with how competitive they've been, but that doesn't mean they're going to switch course. Cause that would be a disaster. You know what I mean? Right. Which is smart. You know what I mean? Why don't you have your cake and eat it too? You know, obviously you have to deal with the disappointments of the players, right? Being like, well, what the fuck? Mm-hmm. We made the playoffs, and then instead of getting us help, you're you're taking away from our roster. But yeah, it has to have been communicated to them that they're trying to be. It's not about just this year; it's about in general, and which yeah, which is honestly smart. And if their players don't like it, you know, I sorry, sorry to them. You know, just perform your best. You'll you'll earn yourself a nice contract either here or somewhere else, and whatever. But to that point, it's like, you know, Scott Lawton's name's been out there. You have to wonder if Garnet Hathaway wouldn't, you know, those are two guys that a lot of teams would look to just to reinforce. If if they have ho-hum uh, fourth liners, you know, you get those type of players. Uh, you know, Nick Deloria, I don't know if they would move on from. He's just such a, you know, a, a pain in the ass. He's just kind of, because they got to keep some of those guys for the torts identity, but uh, you know, Nick Sealer is a pretty good defenseman for them. You know, he's a little bit older, but they could definitely move on from him. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think, I think teams like a lot, you know, teams like the Flyers and the Predators, like players like Tommy Novak, maybe might be. It's like uh, a lot of those bottom six grindy guys. You know, your um, T- TD texted me uh, yesterday yeah. and said, "What do you think it would take to get?" Uh, uh, schisms off uh, 
Schism. Scissons, yeah, called Scissons. Yeah, Scissons off. Uh, it's a tough for me. I got a big tongue. Scissons is a tough name <laughs> um, to get him off that roster. And I said, mm. I, I mean, I don't know. I mean, I like, listen, I like the player. I just yeah. don't know what it would take. I mean, if you told me that it was going to take a first to get Sean Monahan off the Montreal Canadiens, I would have said, like, absolutely not. But, you, you know, know Scissons, I, I assume he's probably th- over 30. You know, he's probably right there, but, um, yeah, he's pretty, he's a, he's a pretty good, good player. You know what I mean? He's pretty, I would say he's a pretty well balanced. He's like your, he's like an ideal third line center. You know, it's like, he doesn't blow you away, but he's also like, just does his role. You know, he's got a little sandpaper to his right. game. Um, I think a team like Minnesota, who's has a lot of prospects ready to jump up, and now that they're not in a play, like I not that I think I hope the Rangers aren't one of them, but you, you know, Pat Maroon might find himself somewhere else. Uh, Brandon Duhame, they could probably get despite being a fourth liner because he plays with an edge. I definitely think they could get some something for him. You know what I mean? Those because those those sorts of players always seem to find spots on teams. You know what I mean? Yeah. And just because they got some they have, you know, they're they're heavier players that play with that sort of that game, you know, looking for a super offer for Super Bowl 58 DraftKings Sportsbook has you covered new customers can bet on the big game and turn five bucks into 200 instantly in bonus bets. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now and use code THPN. New customers can bet five bucks to get 200 instantly in bonus bets only on DraftKings Sportsbook an official sports betting partner of Super Bowl 58 with code THPN. The crown is yours. If you have a gambling problem, call 1-800-GAMBLER or visit www.1800gambler.net. In New York, call 877-8-HOPE-NEW-YORK or text HOPE-NEW-YORK 467-369. In Connecticut, help is available for a gambling problem by calling 888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org. Please play responsibly. On behalf of Boot Hill Casino and Resort in Kansas, 21 plus age varies by jurisdiction, void in Ontario. Bonus bets expire 168 hours after issuance. See dkng.com slash football for eligibility and deposit restrictions, terms, and responsible gaming resources. Yeah, and, and you know, the New York Rangers are in such a unique position that I really feel like they're not looking for, like, a, the big ticket item. We really are just kind of looking for, you know, ho-hum role players that maybe play with an edge, you know, pot close to 15 to 20 goals a year that can play bottom six minutes, you know, whereas, you know, I don't know, a team, not to say that like a team like, you know, the Winnipeg Jets might be looking for, you know, another big piece just to complement, you know, you know what they have right now. So again, I don't know what Jury's going to do, you know, because I do at the same time, I feel like, he may be patient, but at the same time, too, it's like his job may be on the line. So he might fucking do something big. You just don't know. Um, my gut tells me that he'll stand by this core and probably doesn't want to do what he did last year and bringing in, you know, bigger names. And I think that would actually probably be the smarter thing. So, um, but, you know, if you ask me, I, I don't hate bringing in a top top line one right winger to play alongside Zibanejad because I think you owe it to him to put uh you know a legit bona fide you know 
first line right winger on on that line with with you know arguably our our top center so yeah so i i don't know i don't i honestly don't know like there's no pulse i feel like right now with the new york rangers other than the fact that it's a seller's market we do have assets we do have a first round pick um you know and i feel like if if jury's if jury has the feeling that his basically career is done as the New York Rangers GM, that first round pick is gone. You know, you, you don't put, you don't lay your reputation on the line and leave assets on the table. Um, yeah. You know, so, but that being know. said, I think if uh, that doesn't happen, then I think we might, uh, maybe jury might have more, uh, well, I think that signal two things. One jury might have more of a shelf life or than we thought, or at least might have more confidence from ownership than we thought. And two, it might have been said, if you do this, this is the last kick with this core, which means big changes next year. I mean, Zabanaja has a no movement clause, right? Yes. So he's not going anywhere, but... Um, Kreider, it changes. His contract changes next year. Yeah, so Kreider could be gone. You know what I mean? Um, it... Truba could be gone, you know? I mean, we I think we already figure Ryan Lindgren's not going to be here. So they could make some some major changes, major surgery on this roster. Kako is probably gone. Kako, yeah. So, um, and, you know, I mean, for the most part, you have, they have some good stuff going in, in Hartford right now. There's a lot of players that even it, for lesser roles, I mean, Othman, uh, is at, which is actually today, will be in the AHL All-Star game, which is today. Um, but you know, he's had a pretty good season, not a, not a world breaking, but you know, make, making the AHL all-star team in your first year is pretty good. You know, he's a, the best goal scorer or one of the best goal scorers on that as, you know, one of the younger players in the Hartford Wolf pack, uh, Brett Berard is literally, I think is probably their best player at even strength right now. You know, I think he's got some of the best underlying numbers for them. So he's a guy who I think, especially the way he's played in his last 10 or 15 games has earned himself a call up at some point this season just for a look to see how he could be. Cause he's a guy, I think it's, you know, third, third line is not outside of his realm of potential. You know what I mean? Hell, he could, it, I mean, if all goes right, he could be a second line player, but yeah, and, well, and but if I you still can't think, move away from this core, you're going to need those yeah, guys to fill and, in those spots. Uh, yeah. Unfortunately, um, um, who, uh, who, had a cup of coffee with the Rangers, a uh, big tall kid this season. Who was that? Edstrom. He's hurt yeah. right now. So, but you know, based on how he performed, you could see him with the Rangers next year. So they could do some major, they could say, all right, we're transitioning. You know, we're going to take a step back, hoping it didn't work. We we're going to have to take a step back, take one step back. So hopefully we can take two big steps forward. You know what I mean? And to be honest with you, I don't think it's that big of a step back. Cause what you know, it's not, it's really not. To be like, honest, you told me the New York Rangers are without Truba with eight million off the books, without Kreider, which is six and a half million off the books. Uh, I would imagine Barclay Goodrow is probably part of that core that goes, mm-hmm. which is three point six million off the books. And you bring in some of that younger talent and some free agent signings. 
you know, and you don't know, you know, Heedle, you don't, really don't know. That's the thing, because that either he's, he's coming back. Four million off the books. Yeah, it's he either comes back, which is good for the Rangers. Hopefully he stays healthy or he doesn't. But then you, that cap money is there. So, I mean, I personally hope he comes back and never has any concussion related symptoms again. I think that's what everyone would want. But if, you know, it's obviously not outside the realm of possibility that he is not going to be able to play hockey again. And that money comes off the so that's a, the right that would leave the Rangers with a lot of space, and I'm sure there's a lot of teams around the league, especially if their teams are going in other directions. You know, who's to say Philip Forsberg in uh, Nashville is like you know we're probably not going to be competitive for a hot minute, so maybe it's worth mm-hmm. taking my talents elsewhere. You know what I mean? So, well, it, it, yeah, it's very interesting. The Rangers could walk away with $20 million in cap space. And I don't think any Ranger fan would miss really anybody, you know, cause you still have the, you still have the line that makes your team go. So Panarin, Trocheck, and Lafreniere would still be intact. And you're really, you know, addressing maybe you get another top forward and another, you know, you know, top defenseman. I mean, you're talking about over $20 million in cap space. And your roster is really not <laughs> affected that much in terms of what, you know, performance, you know, yet yeah, Kreider is probably the biggest hit in terms of, you know, stats, you know. Um, but other than that, you would hope that, you know, some of these younger players would be able to get called up and then you can make up that scoring with a bona fide, you know, you can put some real talent, you know, surrounding Mika, which would probably help his eight and a half million look not so terrible. So especially five on five. Um, but yeah, I, again, I, you know, there's a lot to be, a lot to be, you know, learned uh, about this New York Rangers team. And not just from player standpoint, but from management standpoint, because I haven't really heard anything that, you know, other than us talking about it, that, you know, Drury's, you know, in, on the hot seat. I almost lean that he's probably not, um, and, you know, if he's not and they're going to let him move forward, which I don't think is the worst thing in the world, because we all know what the problem is. The problem is was well coaching last year and the, you know, the core is just not as good as you, you know, people projected it to be um, or want it to be. And, you know, again, I'm just uh, I, I look at this team and for me, it's a lot of easy fixing if you get rid of some of this core. So. Um, you got anything else, Andy, any, you know, anything? Not really. I mean, obviously there seemed to be a lot of, uh, buzz with the trades last week, but it's been pretty quiet until then. Obviously the, um, all-star game, I do think we in the, maybe not this episode, but you know, when we have more time to talk, we should talk about the NHL announcing the, or we can do it briefly now, the NHL announcing that. In lieu of an all-star game next season, there will be a four nations tournament, uh, which is, you know, I believe it's what it's Canada, USA, uh, Sweden, Finland. Is that it? I, I believe. I, I think so. I know. I mean, they're leaving Russia unless they're doing the, they're going to do the same thing where they they just take the best player is Canada, Finland, Sweden, and the United States. Yeah. You know, um, so. Which is obviously interesting because we've wanted some best on best that actually means something kind of like the World Cup of Hockey a few years ago, which was pretty cool. I think it was a, pretty much an overwhelming success. People still talk about it. Now, is obviously, this an NHL event or? 
it's an NHL event. Okay. It's the NHL Four Nations Faceoff. And uh, the way it's the league is marking it is as a uh, it's ba- an appetizer for the other thing they announced in that the NHL and is back. Their involvement with the Olympics is back. Yep. NHLers will be allowed to participate in uh, the the 2026 and 2030 Olympics. Uh, I think the 2026 is in Italy. I don't know where 20. I don't know if they've chosen 2030 yet, but um, I think it's in Milan, which is uh, which would be pretty cool. Um, but uh, yeah, I mean, obviously that's huge news. The NHL back with the Olympics because we've kind of been robbed. It's it's. I thought we were never going to get Crosby and McDavid on the same team. We might now. Yeah. Which is pretty cool. Uh, but yeah, I mean, and it'll be interesting to see the makeups of those teams in two years from now. Cause obviously you have USA there, you have the rising and falling stars of players like Patrick Kane would have been a shoe in if he, for the last few teams, but does he make the next team USA? I don't know. I don't probably not. But that doesn't mean USA is still not stacked with the Hughes brothers and Eichel and Matthews and Adam Fox and uh, Charlie McAvoy. You know what I mean? So it'll it'll be it's just honestly, those sorts of things are so cool. It's very cool to especially as an American to get to be able to like root for those guys on your team. You know what I mean? Yeah. So. So, yeah, I mean, that was pretty cool. Uh, Do you have any any immediate thoughts on that announcement, James? Listen, man, I, I grew up, you know, playing, you know, uh, God, like it, was, it wasn't it was like Wayne Gretzky's 3D hockey, but it was like the international where, you know, you, you had, you know, the nations, you know, and I don't know. I, I just the fact that it's been such a struggle over like the last decade of whether or not these players should be playing in it, um, you know, changing the tournaments to, you know, just to give us a little taste of it and not have the Olympics is it's just crazy to me. And, you know, I'm super excited that the players are, are going to be able to play in it. I want to see the best teams assembled in the world play against each other. And I think you're out of your mind. If you don't think that the NHL players belong playing in the Olympics, I mean, these are the best players in the world and I want to see them play. I mean, just think of like the line combinations. I mean, I, we could do a whole podcast, probably three podcasts worth of content, just talking about Team USA and the possible future lineups that they may have. And that's just exciting. And, you know, and, and I think the NHL hopefully is starting to get it that they made a mistake and now it's time to you know, really allow the other side of professional hockey. And I'm not saying that's professional hockey, but, you know, the other side of this, you know, coin to really blossom. And that's the, you know, international, you know, you know, because that's how you really, truly grow the game. It's not, you know, whether or not the Seattle Kraken make it to the Stanley Cup finals or Vegas make it to the Stanley Cup final. But, you know, getting to watch, you know, these countries play against each other and compete and, watching players play together that were sworn enemies or, you know, generational, you know, you know, talents get to, you know, match up against each other or, you know, play with each other on a line is just as important to the game. So I'm super pumped. Uh, I can't wait for it. 
you know, and again, we'll probably just have a podcast over the summer where we talk about the <laughs> the future lineup of what a USA hockey team would look like. So, um, yeah. Other than that, Andy, I got nothing. Yeah. Um, I guess just other Rangers related news, I guess a uh, big weekend for uh, New York Rangers prospect Gabe Perot, who now finds himself yep. in third in the entire NCAA as a freshman in scoring, which is pretty incredible. You want to talk about um, incredible season for a rookie, uh, Gabe Perot? Yeah, yeah, is having one of those seasons. So, um, I yeah, actually, is he? He might be. Um, oh, I can actually sort by points here. Yeah. Yep, he's in third behind uh, two players from the University of Denver, Massimo Rizzo and Jack Devine, who are both juniors, and they've played 27 games. Perot has only played 24 games, and yet uh, he's only behind Jack Devine by one point with you know three less games played, and uh, he's only four points behind Rizzo with three less games played. So is there a chance he... he you know, um, he's played one more uh, game than Macklin Celebrini, who will go first overall, also a freshman um, for uh, Boston U- University. But uh, yeah, just watching him, I watched uh, the UMass BC versus UMass Amherst game um, the other day. And again, has another three point night, has a goal and two assists. And, uh, you know, obviously he has things he needs to work on as do most of the players, freshmen on that roster. And even guys like Cutter Gauthier, you know, have stuff they need to work on. But it's just what he has, you cannot teach. He just puts himself in such good areas to be effective and score. He is a fit. He's incredibly efficient. And he's got, I think the amount of swagger he has to his game is underrated. He's always trying to create. He attacks when he has to, and he's not afraid to engage in board battles. Obviously, he doesn't always win. And he definitely needs to work on his explosiveness and his strength. But luckily, he's just he basically he he has things you can't teach. He knows how to get lost in coverage, which is very hard to do. He takes strange routes to the net. But you think you're like, why is he going this way? Like he'll be going in on a three on two like. And he'll just. He just basically creates relief valves for his line mates all over the ice so they can hold on to possession. He creates lanes. He'll like stop and just go in the opposite direction and it'll kind of throw uh, basically defenders off and be like, what is happening? Like the rest of his teammates go one way. He's going another way. It creates a big pocket and then he'll kind of cut across uh, and then he'll just kind of take a long berth and he'll go right to the side of the net. And lo and behold, the puck went went to the opposite board somehow and then Will Smith or Leonard or some or a defenseman will pass it to him and he'll just slam it in like a yawning cage. And you don't realize he kind of orchestrated the whole thing, but it's just, you know, it was only in his hands for a second. Like he backs his way in the zone. He bumps it to the boards. He just takes a weird route, goes to the side goal mouth. He gets it back and he just stashes it in and he just plays the way other players don't play. So he's, you know, the Rangers got such a gem in him. They were lucky he fell into their lap. You know, he, he does need to get stronger. He does lose some puck battles. You do, you do hope to see a little bit more acceleration from him or at least, you know, strength off the starting block. But uh, sky's the limit when your hockey IQ is that high. And also, he's got excellent hands and he's a great passer. So, I mean, he first, you know, he's got 70-plus point potential in the NHL if he, as long as he can 
you know, continue to build up his core stats. Because I think the, the way he thinks the game is already extremely advanced. As a freshman, uh, college hockey seems pretty gosh darn easy for him. <laughs> I mean, it helps having Smith and, and Leonard. Obviously, those three have some weird Sedin-like chemistry that they've always just had from playing together for so long. But, uh, but yeah, really cool to see. Thank you for listening to the Broadway Voice Podcast. Be sure to follow us on X at Broadway Voice Pod, and please rate, review, and subscribe on Apple, Spotify, SoundCloud, or wherever you listen to your podcasts. You're listening to the Hockey Podcast Network on Twitter at HockeyPodNet. New episodes every Monday and Thursday. Download at thehockeypodcastnetwork.com or wherever you get your podcasts from.